Welcome to the GBC Big Three podcast, a weekly podcast where we sit down and unpack three big questions raised from our Sunday sermon. I'm your host, Matt Willis, and joining me for the first time in four weeks as co-host, reunited again, is none other than Jessica Baker. Jess, welcome, my dear friend. Matt, I've missed you Uh, so uh, much. uh, (laughs) They say absence makes the heart grow fonder. It's true. The listeners at home are like, oh gosh, not these two again. (laughs) They're back together. Uh, I'm loving it. Get ready for the high-pitched screams. <laughs> so what's yeah. going on? What have you been? Um, what docos have you been watching on Netflix lately? Oh, well, funny you should ask, Matt. <laughs> um, I've actually just smashed out David Attenborough's what is it? Uh, the life he's like witness statement of the planet imploding around us. And so now I'm a full plant based diet, and I'm purchasing a beehive. And for Christmas, I'm getting a compost. <laughs> <laughs> I just do. I do feel like Netflix is changing your life one documentary at it a time. Is. I feel like I'm a better person because of it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yep. I've got no social media still. Five weeks going strong. Wow. And now I'm eating vegetables. Can I say, as someone who you know needs to contact you on the reg, um, mm. you not having social media is may have a positive experience in your life. It's really negatively impacting mine. Yeah. So look, it was okay unfortunate it. when didn't get the term plan for youth, and uh, the day before youth. You you messaged and said, hey, remember you're on the tour. <laughs> I did not remember. Can I say you smashed out an awesome message? Yeah, young, look, I can write a sermon in a day. Mark Rader, watch out. I'm pretty amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, that was stressful. Love but it. otherwise, no social media is great. Yeah, so that's impacted me. And now I feel like now that you're a <laughs> plant-based diet kind of person, that's going to impact me as well. Like You poor thing. It was only a couple of weeks ago we had a delightful barbecue and the meat was delicious. Yeah. So, you know. I still love meat, <laughs> but I love the planet more. Imagine uh, if I became a vegan, you'd never hear the end of it. <laughs> I just want to talk to you no. again. <laughs> That's not true. If there are any vegans out there, I love you. Yeah, we you love and- you. We love you. <laughs> Well done for saving the planet. Okay. Let's move on before we offend anyone. Um, well, in a moment, we're going to be joined by Mark Rader, who preached during our online services this past Sunday. And Jess and I will be putting the big three questions to him as we dive deeper into the invitation from this week's sermon. Now, for those of you who might have missed it, Mark spoke about growing in our relationship with Jesus as part of our current series on evangelism called Plan A. You can listen to that message again through our regular GBC Sermons podcast. But for now, Jess, I'm interested. What are your thoughts coming out of Raider's message? Yeah, I'm really excited about this sermon series. It's something I've been thinking about for a while and something that kind of plays on my mind in that like, I I probably don't talk about Jesus enough and Mm. I probably don't evangelize enough. And why is that? Why can't I, you know, do that? It's something I've been talking about with my husband a lot. And we kind of came to the conclusion of, if you're not talking to Jesus or you're not learning, there's nothing for you to talk about. Yeah. And so that kind of call to, you know, you need to get amongst it. Yeah. And then it kind of flows naturally. I've just started reading lots of Christian books and stuff because I've got a lot of time on my hands without Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and so like reading these things, like you want to talk about it and you want to talk about what you've learned. So something just that simple as picking up a Christian book mm. has made a big difference. And opening already. up that space for God to speak into that. Yeah. 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 For sure. What about you? I love you. I love <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love you. Wow. What a declaration. <laughs> that great banter you all wanted. <laughs> How do you come back from that? You can't. We're both happily married. I'm just putting that out there. It's a, it's a platonic sibling love. What did you take All away from days. the sermon? All my days. What did I take? What like what even? What what am I thinking these days? Um, no, I am loving it. I think it's. I think what stood out for me out of Raider's message was. I think so often we can use our relationship. We're not going to be able to come back from that. (laughs) We use our relationship with Jesus and where we're at in that to almost tap out of evangelism, I think. Well, I I say we, I I mean me. Like I'm aware that if I'm not in a good place with my relationship with Jesus – if I don't feel like I'm hitting the benchmarks and hitting those kind of KPIs, so to speak, yeah. um, then that just means that I like evangelism isn't for me. Mm. Um, but I loved what Raider said, particularly talking about the call, Jesus' call of those first disciples, about how actually like 
their qualifications weren't a part of the process. It was mm-hmm. their willingness to follow. And I think as long as we're, and like you said, as long as we're seeking out those opportunities, <laughs> sorry, I just relived <laughs> the I love you moment. <laughs> as long as we're still seeking out those opportunities to grow in Christ, even if we're not hitting all those benchmarks, um, God can use that and like and I think you know it makes absolute sense that our relationship with Jesus is the first step towards us living out the great commission. Yeah, so sure. yeah, I was a huge fan. Um all right, now that we've um just brought it all in, um I think it's time for us to start looking at the three big questions submitted through Slido this week. So just what are the questions that we're going to be hitting Raider with today? Question one is, why do you think it's so common for believers to separate evangelism and discipleship when in truth they're two sides of the same coin? How do we go about reconnecting these two practices? Mm. I think, yeah, like obviously that's that's a huge question. There's so much in that. Yeah. Um, But again, I think because so often we can differentiate the two, we hold them Mm. At, you know, to different standards. And yeah, I'm interested to see what Rader says about that. Yeah. Question two is how do we let go of the idea that we need to grow in Jesus before we can follow him? Yeah, that's exactly mm, that's what huge. I was talking about before. Yeah, yeah sure. love that. And question three, how do we go about discerning what Jesus might be saying to us? Mm. This is a question that is comes up a lot. Constantly coming yeah. up. And I think there's clearly just such a such a doubt in people that, you know, am I hearing what I think I'm hearing? Is it from God? Is it not? Like, should I be acting on this? Should I not? And there's a lot of apprehension to kind of step out in that. Mm. So it keeps coming up. I guess we're just going to keep trying to tackle it until we feel confident that what we're hearing is, is from God and that we can move forward in that I think it's like that new parent thing right we want a manual to tell us exactly how to raise kids Mm. and we're just not going to get it (laughs) (laughs) so if you want like a black and white answer like I always do like it's not it's not going to happen not today yeah not today all right well great questions keen to get into them there's only one thing missing and that is Mark Rader himself so Rader welcome to the big three Thanks, Matt. I love you too. Just, you know, just want to make sure. <laughs> so I don't feel left out. You don't That's feel good. left out. That's good. Um, you know, you hold a special place in my heart. Um, in fact, speaking of, you've been on leave for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just spent that time in the corner rock, rocking back and forth, <laughs> whispering your name. Um, how was it? You celebrated a big O birthday. I did. I did. Yep. I, I turned 50 uh, over my uh, over the holidays. Don't so. look a day over 49. <laughs> I know, eh? <laughs> I, know, I don't feel a day. No, I won't even tell you. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so that was nice. It was good to it was good to be able to celebrate with the family and a few friends. And yeah. uh, we, had a, we had a 21st as well. And about six weeks before that, we had an 18th. So we were kind of in the middle of a whole bunch of kind of celebrations. Jeez, so it's kind yeah. of a bit so of a weird kind of patch. several loans this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, COVID's presents. been helpful. You yeah, know, like parties true. of 20 or fewer is kind of manageable so you know it was uh and lucky there yeah well and and to, to some degree i think having 20 people is like it's actually quite nice mm. it's enough people to feel like a crowd really but it's not so many people that you can't make sure you're touching base with everybody who's there and so yeah. like i i found both the the covid parties that we had for the girls i thought they just had a great vibe to them mm. so i was like yeah this but is okay I, I'm, I'm picking up that you're slightly an introvert though so i think a 20 person party is is your vibe is more anyway. your jam <laughs> uh, well uh, and, and well see n- no not even that fewer than 20 <laughs> yeah, is my jam but I, I, I a liked, party of one would be great <laughs> I, liked, I liked watching the girls have parties of 20 yeah. and then retreat into <laughs> my bedroom distance. every so often to kind of <laughs> Deep breaths. <laughs> Re-engage. Yeah, that's not really yeah. my vibe. I'm the more the merrier. <laughs> Jess is really struggling in COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Hence why she's completely changed her life based on Netflix <laughs> documentaries. <laughs> Change needs to happen. <laughs> well, that's not what we're here to discuss. So no. let's um get into the big three. So, Rita, during your message, you spoke about how there's this, I guess, what you would consider a common misconception where um, we can separate evangelism and discipleship. But you actually spoke about how they're a part of the same spectrum. And so I think that really resonated with people and we want to kind of unpack that a little bit. Why do you think it's common for believers to separate evangelism and discipleship when in truth, as you see them, they're two sides of the same coin, so to speak? 
Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think the, uh, the basic reason is that a lot of our discipleship has become internalized and private mm. and evangelism almost by definition, even if it's kind of low level, just talking about Jesus with my friends saying I've gone to church on the weekend is public, mm. right? And external. And, and I think that that um, kind of wedges open the divide between the two, uh, because a lot of what we do from our our discipleship is private. It's kind of an individual thing. Mm. Uh, it's internal. I don't need to talk about that in lots of ways. But if I'm going to talk about Jesus, I kind of have to do that publicly. Yeah, uh, I can't just kind of you know do telepathy you know, telepathy to you know kind of just <laughs> think good Jesus thoughts at somebody and hope that they become I try. a Christian. I try. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so there's. I, I think that's probably one of the, the big reasons. I think a second reason is that a lot of the emphasis on evangelism has been, I think, on the outcome, mm. right? Whether that be I had a great conversation with someone, so that kind of ticks the evangelism box, or someone I know came to faith. And so it feels like it's a long way from just talking about Jesus with somebody, mm. you know? So when Belinda, who's plan A material, we're, we're kind of basing the series on was talking about, I think it's when she talks about sowing, you know, sowing seed, it's just about kind of talking about Jesus. And the example that she gave when I interviewed her was just, um, one of her neighbors was, they were chatting and her neighbor asked, what do you do on the weekend? And she says, Oh, you know, I'm involved in church. And her neighbor just kind of pretended she didn't say anything like that at all. Mm. She goes "Bat sowing seed. And I think because of the emphasis on seeing people come to faith and, um, you know, or, or having those really significant faith based conversations with people, that feels like way too far mm. for us, right? And so a lot of the and a lot of the techniques and tips and tools that people have been trained in are often focused on getting people over the line. Yeah, uh, and that feels like a long, long, long way away. Mm. And so it's it's almost like we kind of go, ah, listen, that like for for lots of reasons. One, I might feel that like there's no way I could ever get to that point yep. with my friend Matt because I, like, I just can't, I don't think I've got the skills to do that mm. technique or tool. Or I'm like, my friend Matt is so far from faith, mm. so far from that at all. Like if I could mention I go to church and doesn't mock me out, that would be like <laughs> as good as if he came to Jesus, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And so I think we tend to just kind of separate evangelism in terms of its, its, its outcome. Yeah. Uh, and because it's, because it's external and a lot of our discipleship is internal, mm. which I think is a problem, we, we, we divide the two. Mm. It's got me thinking about, and we've talked about this um, from a ministry perspective, how you know sometimes on your list of to-dos you put projects and the project, like it's just like, you know, it might be launch this or, or whatever it might be. And that just feels so big, mm. so much so that each time you see it on your list, you never touch it because it's like, well, I don't have the time to even fathom what that is. Mm. And that an important step is to actually yeah. go, well, here are the, here are the, you know, 10 or so things that I need to do before I can even start to mm. consider doing the big project. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the insight from David Allen and his book, uh, how to get things done, which ironically I still haven't finished, which I think, <laughs> <laughs> so that's it's kind of a, uh, an interesting irony, but like he makes the point, you can't do a project. Yeah. You can only do the next step. And I think you're right. Mm. You know, if we say that my, if my aim is to see my good friend, Matt come to faith, mm. uh, yeah. you can't do that. Yeah. But if we break it down and I think sometimes we don't know, we don't know then how to break that project down. We might mm. desperately want, you know, my friend Jess or my brother-in-law or whoever it is yeah. to come to faith. And we go, that's the goal. But like, I don't know how to get there from here, mm. you know? And so what do I do first? Yeah. You know? And again, we tend to think in big blocks, like, well, I invite them to church. <laughs> that's never going to yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no way, you know, whatever it might be. And, mm. and so I think to have smaller steps, as, mm. you, as you say, I think is really helpful to kind yeah. of go, oh, actually... Yeah, I, I can do that. Yeah. I could mention the fact that I was at church on the weekend, mm. you know, um, wh whatever it might be. Yeah. Which is ultimately what plan A is, isn't it? And yeah. step one yeah. is, hey, where are you at with yeah. Jesus yeah. before you even start to consider how you might share Jesus mm. with others? Mm. Yeah. Can you just explain, I think like evangelism and discipleship, very big Christian buzzwords, when you kind of told me to like put them on the same spectrum, I kind of get a bit confused between the two. In your mm. sermon, you talked about evangelism, evangelism being just talking about Jesus, <laughs> but then what is discipleship and how do they kind of work together? Yeah, that's a good question, Jess. Um, 
I mean, I'm not, I'm not even sure if spectrum is the right terminology because that then that still suggests that discipleship is on one end mm. <laughs> and yeah. evangelism is on the other. So I don't think that's the right language. I don't know whether it's their two sides of the same coin or something. Cause I think we, and this is why I chose the, the Mark chapter one passage because Jesus calls his disciples in the context of his mission to change the world and the call to follow him is followed by, and I will teach you to participate in the mission, mm-hmm. right? To you know, fish for, for people. And so there's this sense that Jesus' call to follow him and to learn is not just to follow him and learn about him or about ourselves, but to follow him and learn about the kingdom and about his role in it, about our role within it and, and our place within it. And I think we've somehow, we've separated those two. Mm-hmm. Come follow me, and that's enough. And then eventually, if you become a, you know, a good enough follower or whatever it is, then you can be taught to fish for people. Mm. And Jesus kind of says, it's kind of like it's the same thing. To yeah. follow him is to learn about, is to learn about evangelism to some degree, mm. you know. Uh, and so our discipleship is evangelism. Yeah. Um, and they have to go together. Like it might be better if we came up with a third term, you know. Do yeah, you have a third time yet? I'm ready. <laughs> I don't know, discipleism or something. <laughs> you know, you know, something where you just kind of go, following Jesus cannot be separated from the mission mm. because that's, that's what, I mean, that's, that's the model that Jesus gave, right? Yeah. Even the three years he spent with his disciples was not just so they could get to know him and strengthen their relationship with him. It had nothing to do with that. It had everything to do with the fact that I'm leaving in three years and I'm going to leave it with you. So let's see how far we can get before that happens. And, you know, and so there's this sense that they were always called, right? And, and, you know, the disciples, the great story is that they're, I mean, if you can't see yourself in the lives of the disciples, you know, you're, you're missing something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they, they set a pretty low bar. Well, yeah, like they st- well they they <laughs> they set the bar just like we set the bar. Yeah. They stumbled towards truth. They sometimes got it right and sometimes got it wrong. Sometimes they got part of something right, but not the whole thing. Mm-hmm. They had doubts and fears and uncertainties and and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and yet Jesus used them, and mm-hmm. and I think that's the that's the piece for us. So I don't know. I don't know how we bring them together. I think that, uh, you know, which is the heart of your question. Mm. Um, all I know is that I think, well, no, all I know is we, we need to. Yeah. We need to. Because if we continue to treat evangelism as, a, as something extra, mm. um, we, you know, as, as, as Belinda said, disciples make disciples. And that's, that's true in, you know, the Great Commission and whatnot. Mm. You know, we, we see that played out time and time again. So we, we have to find a way to hold them together. Uh, and some of it, I think, is to make our discipleship more public, mm. Mm. right? So that we're we're not just having a private relationship with Jesus, an internal relationship with Jesus, but our discipleship is lived out in in public, so that our evangelism, yeah, which is linked, which is out loud and public, would all would kind of match up a little bit. Because I think mm. that's one of the, the distinctions, right? Um, my inner life is separated from my my external life, mm. my private from mm. my public, mm. not in the sense of being a hypocrite or, or lacking integrity, but there's kind of the internal private devotions and there's the external mm. work of evangelism, quote unquote. Yep. Uh, and we've got to, we've got to bring those together. So if our discipleship is, you know, particularly as we, um, as we focus on life groups now, you know, a little bit more than, than we have perhaps where we have an opportunity to be living out our discipleship just a little more publicly, mm finding ways to talk, not about our faith with someone who's not a believer, but talk to other believers about our faith, that I think will help us yeah. bring those two things together. Which makes complete sense because I don't, I don't know why we would ever think that by keeping our personal relationship with Jesus private, um, that that in any way helps and enables us to then share Jesus with people who don't know Jesus. Mm. Like the easiest one you would assume to to do is to talk with other believers about your shared belief in Jesus, because these are people where, yeah, this is common ground and it's, oh yeah, I like, I love that passage. I love that message. I love um, how Jesus works in that way. Like, yes, I'm, I'm being challenged in this way. I'm hearing God in that way. And there's this, 
there's this camaraderie and community, which is obviously what the church is. Um, if we can't do it here in our mm. safe space, mm. how do we expect to then go out into the world mm. where there might be some pushback, there might mm. be some resistance, yeah. some even hostility, yeah, yeah. And, and, and speak <clears throat> about, hey, this is what I'm learning about Jesus this week? Yeah. Well, and, 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 and remi- reminding ourselves continually that, you know, we've been sent to do the same work that Jesus has been sent. Mm. I mean, that gives you reason to talk to people. Yeah. Right, like you know, if I could guarantee that this week you would have five opportunities to speak to someone who doesn't know Jesus, and they're going to ask you some hard questions about mm. suffering, mm. I'd like to think that you'd take that seriously and get prepared. Mm. Right. The problem is we can't guarantee what's going to happen this week, mm. and, and you know, in our families or our friends, our networks, our workplaces, whatever that might be. But there's there's a sense that we have to remember that the whole point of following Jesus is to participate in the life of the kingdom mm. and to see the restoration and renewal of all things. And that requires teamwork and that requires all of us to, you know, like what's working for you and I'm struggling with this and mm. I'm finding that hard and I've got a doubt in this space and like, what do I do with that? And I'm fearful or I'm anxious, like whatever it is and be sharing with one another, not just because it helps us feel better personally, but because yeah. it helps us achieve the, 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 the goal. You know, you think about, you know, elite level teams, whether they be corporate teams or athletic teams. I mean, they, they know what they're after. You know, mm. we want certain profit at, after quarter one, or mm. we, want, uh, we want to win a championship or whatever it is. And they are constantly talking and with one another and with the coaches and yeah. to improve so that they can actually achieve those things. Mm. We've kind of, kind of removed all of that. We, you know, we've kind of become a bit of a, a gym rather than a, uh, than, than, than a sports team. You yeah. know, a gym, you go when it's convenient for you and you do what's helpful for you. But you're not trying to achieve a corporate goal. Yeah. Whereas like athletes, they go to the gym and they're, they're, I mean, they're kind of after their own fitness. But the only reason they're after their own fitness is because if I'm not fit, I'm going to let the side down. Yeah. You know, and so that idea of a shared purpose, that's, that, that transforms some mm. of our private disciplines. Yeah. Because now all of a sudden, I actually, it, my discipleship is important for you. Mm. Because if I'm not growing, then I'm, you know, I, you know got to be aware of grace and the Holy Spirit. Then, <laughs> but then, you know, I'm letting the side down. Mm. If, if, if we are about the work of the kingdom, and it takes a we, and I'm not taking my part in that seriously. Well, so like that, that kind of corporate yeah. striving together and reminding each other and saying, Hey, no, it's hard. Let's press on. Or no, you don't want to, you don't want to work out today. You don't want to do this thing today. Let's do it together. You know, all mm. those sorts of things I think become really significant kind of models and motifs for our, mm. you know, and, and, you know, and every team, you know, every team fails and everyone in a team fails and yep. you, you never, nothing ever goes entirely the plan, but you're always talking about it, working together and talking about the goal. Yeah. And so I think our discipleship would benefit if we remind each other that the point of our discipleship is not just to get cozy with Jesus, mm. but is to actually see the kingdom come. Mm. That's what we're on about. So we need to know mm. the power and the authority of, in Jesus' name. We need to know the forgiveness and the freedom and the peace that comes in his name, we, you know, like mm. in order that we can, we can share that. Mm. So. so do you think then like evangelism is a product of discipleship in that if I am, you know, a good disciple and I'm actively following after Jesus, it's kind of like an overflow effect of like I've, I, mm. I have something to talk about. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Like I think it's the fruit of it. Yeah. It's yeah. the fruit of it, right? Because that's the whole point of Jesus inviting you to follow him, mm. right? It wasn't, again, just so you could experience forgiveness and get to heaven one day. Mm. No, 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 no. That's all kind of, that's a nice kind of <laughs> side effect, a benefit. It's you a know, bonus. But, it's a know. bonus, <laughs> but like the whole point is, hey, Join the team. Let's get after mm, yeah. the restoration of all things. So, yeah, I think I think that it does become a natural outcome. Mm. And, you know, and as we reflected earlier, you know, if 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 my relationship with Jesus is vibrant and present tense, then that's helpful when people yeah. are asking what's going on in my life. Eventually, even if it's a little bit strange, I'm going to talk about what I'm learning. Mm. You know, I'm really growing in what it means to trust trust too. Well, you probably wouldn't understand because yeah. you're not a believer, but trust in Jesus. Like mm. I really believe that that's, you know, and, and you know, <laughs> see where, where that takes you. <laughs> who knows where you go, you yeah, know? Yeah. So I think that's really valuable. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, let's move on to question two. So in Mark chapter one, um, 
You talk a lot about, you know, Jesus calling the disciples to drop their nets and just follow him and they have no idea who he is. They have no qualifications, no education. They're just simple fishermen. Um, and Jesus even calls them to evangelize and to do his mission before they understand who he is really. Um, and so how do we let go of the idea that we need to grow in Jesus before we can follow him? Yeah. I think we probably need Jesus to show up again and start sending us out to tasks. Oh, I've been yeah. asking. <laughs> you know? Trust me, Lord knows. I've been asking. <laughs> you know, because I mean, there there are some tensions in it, right? Like there are there are there are places and spaces where we acknowledge that experience and uh, knowledge and skillfulness and growth and maturity are really helpful, you know, in leadership or whatever it might be. Um, and so we do have that tension to hold to. Mm. Um, I think, you know, we believe that the spirit empowers and can enable us beyond our weaknesses and mm. beyond our strengths and beyond our maturity and our immaturity. Mm. So like we have to hold that intention. And I think, I, th- I mean, I think some of it, Jess is probably, um, as, uh, probably speaking to myself really is those in leadership. We need to be encouraging people to s- take steps of faith as soon as they've got some, right? Step to the point of your faith. So if you've just begun to follow Jesus and you're still not entirely certain what you believe, but you believe enough about Jesus to kind of go, he's worth following. Well, tell your friends about that. Mm. You don't try to convince them of the Trinity. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, don't try to explain the book of Revelation. Like just don't, don't go there. Talk about predestination. <laughs> yeah, days. <laughs> but just tell them what, where are you up to? Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you like uh, the present tense? What, what do you know right now? Well, I know that Jesus is really intriguing and there's something in my spirit that's just drawing me towards exploring it more. Okay. If that's what you believe, that if that's as far as you've got, do that. And I think we have to, as leaders, I think we need to enable people to, to talk about where they're up to, mm. um, a, a little bit, a little bit more quickly. Um, and then I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know out of that. You know, I think that, you know, the problem with, I mean, I experience this a bit, but you know, like our Sunday services, whether they're online or face to face, are there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors to it, right? Um, in the sense that. You know, like people say to me, oh, you know, great preacher. I'm like, I've been doing it for 25 years. I teach it. I've like, I've done advanced study in it. If I weren't any good, like surely someone would be a little bit worried by now. Like, (laughs) you you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, and it looks like it's just something you get up and do, but there's a lot of work that goes into those things. Mm. And I don't think anyone would be surprised for me to say, you know, like it's a lot of work that goes into that, but there's still, I think it kind of sets the bar high for people Mm. kind of going, oh yeah, I don't know the Bible like that. It's like, well, like, do you have lots of commentaries and do you Mm. read them? Like... Probably not. Yeah. Just like I know absolutely nothing about your field, right? Mm. Like I had no idea. You make it look effortless. How do you do that? You're like, mm. what do you mean effortless? <laughs> you know, I studied, I read, I do development, mm. like mm. all that kind of stuff. And so I think we need to kind of take some of that out a little bit of 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 Christianity and probably just get people involved earlier. Mm. To, I, I know, like. And that's kind of tricky, you yeah. know. We're, you know, we talk about safe church policy stuff yeah, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. and you know, there's certain things, codes of conduct about faith and whatnot that you know we have to kind of invite people into to serve. But I think finding those ways for people to to express what they know about Jesus without any of that sense of of judgment and mm-hmm. and whatnot. I, I, yeah, like I don't know what you guys think. I you know. Yeah, I mean, as you're talking, I'm I'm brought back to that discipleship piece and how we need to start talking about how that needs to be more of an external reflection. Um, like I, like a public reflection. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, I think we do, there is, to use your words, like smoke and mirrors. I think a lot of people can kind of come into this space and look around and just be like, man, everyone has got it together. Mm. And I'm over here, sinful little dude that I am, like completely broken with all of my vices. Mm-hmm. I have days where I doubt. I have days where I stumble. I have days where I want to throw in the towel, but everyone else just looks mm-hmm. so holy, so mm-hmm. righteous. And I mean, that was my experience when I first mm-hmm. came to church. Yep. I was just yep. like, you know, I looked around at, I was 19, I looked around at all the other 19-year-olds and I'm like, how do they have this faith? Mm. But if we're talking about 
in in real, genuine, authentic, and and normal and natural ways. If we're talking about, yeah, like I am trying to figure out predestination. Who has wrapped their head around that yeah. bad boy these <laughs> days? Like yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how to trust. I'm trying to figure out how to hear from Jesus, which is our next question. Mm. But like we we don't. We don't do that. We come in and, and, and don't get me wrong, I love our Sunday services and I, I love coming together in this way, but we come in and we sing praise and we sit down and we receive, you know, amazing teaching, present company included. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Yep, yep. <laughs> of course, just a good baker. Um, and, and, yeah, but we don't... Yeah, we don't we don't talk about the hard stuff. And, and I think if we did that more... Um, then maybe we'd see a, a decrease in that mentality that you need to get to a certain point mm. before you can do X, Y, and Z. Mm. Um, and, I, and I think you're kind of following on. I think, it's, I think we need to probably start talking about discipleship as starting earlier yeah. as well. Because I think sometimes we assume discipleship starts once I've put my faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think what we're saying is that it starts as soon as, as, soon as you start to follow him. Yeah. Mm. Okay, you might not you might not believe everything about him yet. Mm. That's all right. You might not have explored enough to be able to make a judgment on that. You might not be willing to change your life yet. Yeah. Okay, well, follow Jesus. You know, we keep talking about the crisis point that will come. The more you mm. learn about Jesus, the more the implications become clear of what it means to follow him. The more the the question of who he is comes to the fore. You're going to have to make a decision mm. eventually, but the disciples don't need to make that decision right away. And I think mm. that's an excellent model. And so I think if we start talking about discipleship earlier. I think that's really valuable. Yeah. Um, you know, for people to kind of go, oh, okay. And, and to kind of champion the disciples a bit more. Mm. You know, yeah, okay. They built the church. That's fairly impressive. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll pay you, you look at them in the Gospels and they ask stupid questions out loud. Mm. Right? And they say stupid stuff out loud. And Jesus, generally speaking, is really gracious. Mm. You know, uh, there's a few times when you can just you can, you can you, you can hear him rolling his <laughs> yeah. eyes a few times. You're like, <laughs> really? <on>. Are you <laughs> like? I think it's in Mark's gospel. Are you still so dull? Like, <laughs> just we literally like, just talked about this, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> eyes up. Yeah, yeah. Like when he, when he says, "Beware the yeast of the Pharisees," and they go, "Oh, he's because we didn't bring any bread." <laughs> and you can just hear Jesus's eyes roll. He's just like, "This is not about bread. It's a." metaphor you know but um, anyway you know i think that there's value in, in that mm. um and and championing the questions i think the summary like the big three i think is a is, is a bit of a way to model that mm. to kind of go yeah ask your questions well, you know you know like i don't think we've ever responded with a okay that's a dumb question and no one who actually calls himself a christian would ask that mm. <laughs> like heavy days <laughs> well you know what i'm saying yeah but that's sometimes the the, the mm. approach and we don't have any requirements you don't have to answer three bible questions to be mm. able to submit a question on mm. slido uh, so i think that that's actually a kind of a yeah. a step in the right direction if i can you know blow our own horn for a moment you know like <laughs> we're crushing because it's it's a step in the right direction <laughs> yeah. right? Um, to be able to acknowledge all right we don't have all the answers mm. um and, and kind of move on from there yeah mm. and again to bring it back to evangelism which is what this whole series is about if we're better at doing that with each other and sharing that mm. with each other how much better are we going to be about mm. sitting in the difficulty and the tension that others who don't know jesus yeah. are probably already in like yeah. yeah i don't have the answers i don't know where i where i fit i don't know what i think i'm leaning in like mm. he's i'm interested by jesus yeah. he seems like an interesting guy like we're going to be far more comfortable to sit in that space with them and yeah. kind of go, well, let's mm. let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Like, and, and I think we have to be careful of our assumptions of other people, mm. right? Um, you know, I think sometimes we assume that everyone kind of knows the stories mm. or yeah. knows the expected behavior or whatever it might be, and that that ends up increasing people's anxiety about mm. stuff, right? Um, you know, I I teach at a Bible college, I should probably know a lot about the Bible. <laughs> you'd, you'd like to think that's the case. But I just have to be careful that I'm not assuming that everyone knows and understands. Mm. I still remember this is years ago. Um, just before I was to get up to preach, I can't remember who, who it was, one of the staff leaned over and kind of said, oh, see that person in the second row or whatever. I was like, yeah. First time at church, like no background at all. Like it was this kind of a story. Yeah. And so I get up and, you know, that little voice inside your head that's kind of editing as you go. Yeah. And a couple of times, like it was, I think it turned out to be a longer sermon because I kept kind of stopping and going, nope, nobody knows that story. So, you know, like, how do I explain yeah. this story mm. to someone who's 
never heard the Bible mm. story without kind of slowing down and starting from Genesis 1. You know, yeah. like, and it was a really interesting exercise just to be aware of how, um, of how profound my assumptions were that people just kind of know the story of David. Mm. That when I say David, people are like, oh, David, yeah, of course. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> You know, but even people who've been in church for a long time probably don't really know the story of David. Mm. They know the highlights package yeah, yeah. Right, and the lowlights package, but they probably don't know, you know, so anyway. So I think assumptions would be another place to start. Yeah. I think something that helps take away the kind of fear of stepping out in evangelism is knowing that you're probably not going to come up against the atheist equivalent of Mark Rader who knows everything there is to know about how to <laughs> smash the Bible down. Like we don't need to know everything in order to mm. talk to people mm. about God. Mm. And I think this is something that doctors are taught really well is, you know, in their practice, if they've got all these symptoms for a patient, they're able to come up to them and say, actually, I don't know what's wrong with you. Mm. And so to be able to say that as a Christian, if someone asks me about a topic, actually... I'm working that out. I don't yeah. quite know yet. Um, mm. you, we've got to kind of be comfortable with that. Yeah. And, and, and you know, if I can just follow on from that, Jess, to, to also, you know, if, if it's in relationships, to be able to kind of gently push back on some of the, the questions, mm. right? You know, so Because I think sometimes people outside of faith think that their question is enough to kind of call all of Christianity into question. Mm. It's like, you know what? You're not the first person to ask the question of suffering. Yeah. 2,000 years and, and more of, of believers in God have been asking questions about evil and suffering, and they've still found a place of faith. Mm. So, like, your question's not going to cause it to crumble. Yeah. So I don't have an answer for it, but nobody really has an answer mm. for it. And if that's if you need an answer to the unsolvable question, yeah, how do you make any decisions? Mm. You know, like, because in relationship, you can have that kind of conversation mm. and, and, you know, be gentle, and mm. but it's just kind of like, oh, really, you think that's... Is that it? Like, mm. is that, is that, yeah. Do you need us, do you need the answer to that question? Mm. Okay, I'll keep praying for you. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you know it's, uh, it's a tricky space. Yeah. yeah. Far out. All right. Well, let's move on to question three. So, Rita, I'm, um, just wrapping up in our third and final question, something that you spoke about in your message was, you know, we we need to be asking ourselves the question, you know, what is Jesus saying to you um, as a way of kind of discerning where we're growing and, and how our relationship with Jesus is going. And if, if Jesus hasn't said anything to you or, or maybe a better way of saying it is if you haven't heard from Jesus recently, like mm-hmm. maybe your relationship with him isn't in the present tense, mm-hmm. um, which brought up a question. And as we, Jess and I were talking about before, it's, it's a question that comes up a lot is how do we discern mm-hmm. um, that what we're hearing is, is from Jesus? And, you know, in a nutshell, that's question mm-hmm. three for today's big three. How do we go about discerning what Jesus might be saying to us? Mm, yeah. And it's a, it's a good question to follow on from what I talked about briefly in my message. So I referred to the five Ps, the five catalysts that Andy Stanley at North Point Church in, um, in Atlanta, I think it is, um, uh, use. Uh, the, the catalysts of private disciplines, um, personal service, practical teaching, pivotal circumstances, and providential relationships, catalysts to hear from Jesus. And, and I think, you know, if, if, if the listeners haven't heard it, you go back over or just look it up on the internet, like Andy Stanley's five P's and you'll find it. And, yeah. and I think they make, they make sense for us, right? Um, so we, you know, you read the Bible, you pray, you've got relationships, life groups and whatnot that you're working through, you're in a ministry area, whatever it is. And, and that makes sense as catalysts for our faith. But the question I think is, is the next step beyond, which mm. is how do you discern yeah right what's the discernment process and um i I think that's i think that's a that's a really good question um because i think you know once we start listening for the voice of jesus once we start listening for to the voice of the holy spirit we'll hear things Mm. the question is how do you discern not necessarily what's what's true because then it kind of raises the stakes a little bit much you know yeah. to kind of go ah if i get this wrong i'm false right or what's orthodox oh it's heresy if it's not right but <laughs> you know like that idea of like is this actually what jesus is saying mm. you know and, and i think that um i guess almost as, as a principle um as kind of background I, i'd probably say um we probably need to um 
kind of give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. You know, like I know that this is going to sound like a bit of a digression, but hopefully it'll only be a tangent <laughs> and come back to the point. But um, oh, sorry, it'll be the other way around. It doesn't matter. Um, I hear like young preachers, then they say, oh, I'm afraid of preaching heresy. Story and, of my and, life. Yeah. <laughs> well, and one of my, one of my kind of pushbacks is, particularly those who are in Bible college, I'm like, you're in Bible college. <laughs> So now you should know a heresy, shouldn't you? Like <laughs> you should probably be able to pick one after doing church history and New Testament and a theology subject or two. Like apparently you would, not. You would think. I <laughs> mean, we think. were talking just before about how I'm the worst mature age student ever because I don't try hard and I'm not engaged. So. These are inside thoughts. Yeah, oh, no, okay, sorry. Yes, I'm an excellent student and I'm learning lots about theology. But, but I think we need to kind of kind of worry a bit less about getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and, and I think, you know, part of the discernment process then I think becomes, you know, you think about, you know, I know Jess, you're no longer on social media. Um, bravo. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think one of the questions that social media has raised for us is what is true, mm. right? Like what's authentic might be a better way to talk about it. You know, what's, what's authentic? And it's, it, it, there's some enormous issues being raised by social media around that space, whether it be misinformation or all of the... Um, you know, the, the filters and, you know, the echo chambers that we end up in and all of that kind of stuff. And, and I think that there's probably some handy parallels with making, like discerning what Jesus might be mm-hmm. saying to us, right? I think that, you know, you, you want to make sure that you're listening to other voices, right? Not just people who are going to automatically agree with you. I think that's helpful. I think that's where, you know, being in a life group is a useful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, getting some other voices in your life a little bit to kind of bounce stuff off of. Um, I think that, um, I think we also want to, uh, you know, be comparing what we sense Jesus might be saying and compare it with what we find in scripture. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think one of the, the more helpful things is to, is to recognize that often what Jesus is going to call us to do is what's the best way to, like, it's almost like they're micro actions, Right? I think sometimes we assume that when Jesus calls us to do something, like it's going to be massive. Quit your job and go to Bible college. Mm. Right? Take your whole family and start ministering in a slum someplace. In the, like, and so we're like, oh, got to get that one right. Don't want to be out of the will of God. And yet most of the stuff... I think is going to be micro actions. Mm. You know, you're, you're praying and you say, you know, Lord, who do you want me to care for? Mm. And a name drops into your head and you think, oh, is that you, Lord? Mm. Is that just me? Because I haven't seen Matt for a long time. Maybe I, you know, is is <laughs> is Jesus going to be disappointed if I call someone and yes. just touch base and say, yeah. "Hey, how you doing?" I was praying this morning. Just kind of thought of you and thought I'd touch base and mm. let you know. I took a time to pray for you and how you like? How you going? Yeah. Like, is Jesus up in heaven, rolling his eyes, kind of face palming, going, "Oh, I didn't say Matt," <laughs> you know? But he did read up. <laughs> he did say Matt. <laughs> yeah. Just do you know me. what I'm saying? Like, and, and so sometimes we put a little bit too much pressure on on, on those decisions. Mm. You know, like if we're if we feel that God is calling us to do something kind for someone. That sounds kingdom to me. Yeah, just go for it. Um, you know, I remember when I was much younger, I had a I was like a camp counselor or whatever it might be, and we were talking about how do you discern the will of God, and uh, I still remember something that she said to me. She said, "You know, God's ability to speak is infinitely greater than our ability to hear. Mm. In other words, if God wants us to hear something." we will hear it, mm. right? Like it's not as if Jesus is trying to communicate and there's something in the way and yeah. he can't quite get through to us. Mm. No, no, no. If Jesus is something big, he's going to make sure it's pretty clear for us. And you know, we still may need to, to go through the hard process of making a big decision. Yeah. Um, so like kind of, kind of go for it. If, if it looks kingdom, Right, it's that whole you know. If it looks like a duck, sounds like a duck. Sounds like a duck. It's probably a duck. You know, like if it, if it sounds kingdom, if it feels kingdom, if its outcomes are kingdom, it's probably kingdom. Like just go for it. Yeah. If being called to be kind or generous or merciful or compassionate or patient or loving or like forgiving, if those things kind of come to mind, mm. I don't know. That sounds like it's kingdom, and I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine God kind of going, "Oh, wow, people running around being generous to the wrong people." Mm. You know, I didn't want you to forgive them. I, was, I wanted to forgive them. <laughs> you know, like. So I think we need to kind of listen for smaller things rather than, you know, we should be on the, I guess, on the lookout for the big things that Mm. Jesus might be calling us to. But I think we need to consider smaller things, which are often easier, 
easier and harder to discern, but because the consequences aren't mm. as grand, mm. you know, like if I, you know, if I call you to encourage you and you know, kind of miss the opportunity to call Jess, you know, like I can probably Savage. call her tomorrow, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, or but whatever will it might you, be. <laughs> <laughs> will I? That's right. That's right. Only if Jesus tells me to, so, <laughs> um, you know, so like, I think that helps us a little mm. bit discern that, like it kind of takes the pressure off. Mm. Um, cause when you talk about discerning big things, yeah, discernment's really important. Yeah. Um, but those micro actions, mm. mm, I, I just kind of go with it a little bit. And what I love about that is, is you, you're right. Like the consequences aren't huge to kind of step out in faith and kind of do that small thing, yeah. um, that, you know, encouraging message or that phone call or whatever it is, um, whether it's for someone else or even something within your own personal journey, like just taking that time to be mm -hmm. prayerful, mm -hmm. to worship, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Consequence isn't huge. And I also find that in those moments where I do kind of lean into it, the more I lean in, the more I feel an affirmation whether or not it is of God. Yeah. It's that whole um, like trial and error, for lack of a better term, less error, but more trial of mm -hmm. like, let me just lean in, let me push into this, let me test this out. And then Jesus does continue to talk. It's not like he leaves one message and if you miss it, like that's it. You can't, you know, it's not as if you can't like listen back. You do get to keep, like, he continues to speak. He continues to direct. He continues to guide. And so when you do lean into that, the consequence is small, as you say, but the opportunity to feel affirmation is bigger. Mm -hmm. And then the more you get that, the more you experience that, I think the more in tune you then get to, mm -hmm. okay, when Jesus is talking to me, um, which is quite, can be quite a mm -hmm. unique experience. You know, the way he talks to me might be different to the way he talks to you, the way he talks to Jess. Um, but you get it, you get an ear for it. You ear, mm -hmm. ear becomes yeah. tuned to it and then you build that confidence so that, you know, as, as it comes more and more, you're able to kind of go, oh no, this is consistent with how, mm -hmm. Yeah. How God yeah, talks yeah. To and you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to tell people that God spoke to me and this is what I'm doing about it. Like, you know, I think you can keep that to yourself a bit mm. and just kind of, I felt I should call Jess. So I called her up and I'm not going to say God told me, I'm just going to call her up. Mm. And yet I hear it like anecdote after anecdote of people who have done that, like that, that sense of, oh, I should just give her a call. I, I haven't thought about Jess in weeks and mm. she just popped into my head. And so I contacted her and boom, Jess is like, oh man, I can't believe, you know, like, I can't believe you contacted me now. It just had mm. this happen in my life. And, and you just kind of go, oh, there's the confirmation yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of what's going on. And I think God can then do, you know, disproportionate good. Mm. You know, a small phone call can be an enormous stepping stone mm. for someone in our life who may, may be outside of faith, mm. for instance. So. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Raider, thanks so much for joining us this week's Big Three. Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm just, I'm wrapping my head around it all. I think what this has demonstrated for me is probably something that we've all kind of felt, but maybe I never necessarily articulated. Like evangelism just, it feels huge. Mm. Um, and even, you know, through plan A, we've been able to break it up into these five bite-sized pieces, it still feels huge. And mm -hmm. so I'm so glad that we're able to take these opportunities to sit down and just unpack it and talk it out because I think we do need to be doing that. And that seems to be the reoccurring theme today is we just need to pull this out of um, it being a private thing mm -hmm. and it more being a public thing and sharing those. Small public steps of kingdom behavior yeah. is evangelism slash discipleship. There you go. Hashtag. Well, thank you for joining us and we'll catch Pleasure. you soon. Yeah. We'll see you guys. Jessica Baker, my yeah, friend, uh, huge things, huge things mm. in this. And I felt like, you know, the, the message was about growing in your relationship with Jesus, but I felt like we actually were unpacking things, yeah. not bigger, not because things are bigger than our relationship with Jesus, but like big ideas and, and mm. big implications on our life. What was your take home? I think making it a little bit clearer uh, that like evangelism is kind of a flow on effect of discipleship. Yeah. That's something I've been really frustrated about is like I don't want to just stop it like, oh, like I'm going to youth group tonight and my work friends are like, okay, cool. Like I'm sick of just dropping little hints here and there. Mm. Like I want to actually talk about like big meaty things. Yeah. And so like that kind of idea of actually I probably need to focus a bit more on discipleship with myself, but also within a life group setting and yeah. things like that to, to help with my evangelism. Yeah, 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 absolutely. What about you? Um, 
Uh, I think, yeah, like I, I, I'm in the same space of, I think that public um, disclosure is the wrong word. It's mm. got a bad tone to it. But, you know, that, that vulnerability, um, it does start, I think, obviously with our relationship with Jesus and then by extension, those who also have a relationship with Jesus and the community that we build. Um, I know church looks different for us at the moment, but there are, you know, you and I are both a part of different life groups and you, we have those available to us. Mm. You know, we serve together in a team and we have people around us in that space where we do get to just have those opportunities to have real honest conversations about where we're at with faith. Mm. And I've realized that I can be a little bit, um, I can keep my cards close to my chest a little bit in that space. Um, but if, again, I'm, I'm just reminded that if I'm not comfortable to share with um, close friends who who are on the same journey as me, if I'm not willing to share with them where I'm at, how do I expect that when an opportunity arises to speak to someone who doesn't know Jesus, Mm. that I'm actually going to feel any more confident Mm. to kind of say, well, this is what I know and this is what I've experienced. So I think, yeah, I'm I'm reminded actually of some really good friends. I'll keep this short, but they're they're just, um, they're people who the way that they talk it just so effortlessly, effortlessly, there we go. Um, it, their, their language just effortlessly, I'm not saying that no, right, effortlessly <laughs> yeah. integrates their faith yeah. into life. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll just be talking about something so mundane and yet God is just speckled throughout how they mm. talk about it. And I always loved being around them because I was like, man, this is real faith lived out. Yeah. And yeah, like so. Why am I? Why aren't I doing that more? I guess is mm-hmm. is my take home. So it's a good because I think that does help us then grow in our own personal relationship with God, mm. which then, as we'll see in I think weeks to come, put us in a better position to share that relationship with others. There is something I just want to say on the kind of sharing with mm. people in your life group and things about how you're going with faith. Um, it's besides the point, but I know I've been kind of trapped in the past of. Um, I'm a youth leader. I'm quite like, I'm very vocal at church. No, <laughs> you wouldn't never. believe it. I'm, I'm very in your face about Christianity. And so I kind of got to a point where I was a little bit trapped in that I was really struggling with my faith, but mm. I, I felt like I couldn't share with anyone how mm. I was going because that would give up like, well, why are you a youth leader if you're really yep. struggling with your faith? And so you just kind of get more and more like suffocated by that. And so I guess that's the benefit of having a life group where you trust people is that you can say, look, I know I'm, I look like a really good Christian, but actually I'm really struggling. Could I have some help? And so I just kind of wanted to put that out there. Just a little free plug. Yeah. As in that's okay. Yeah. Like we, we all get into places where Mm. we're really struggling with our faith and yeah. Yeah. So just an invitation to be vulnerable, I guess. If that's you. Share it with yeah. someone. Join Share the- it with me because I feel ya. <laughs> Sister, I feel ya. <laughs> well, if you want to be a part of the conversation, make sure that you're at one of our services this Sunday at gbconline.org.au and that you snap the Slido QR code before the sermon to get involved. If you've enjoyed the Big Three podcast today, take the time to give a star rating and be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all future episodes. Thanks for joining us for this week's Big Three and our deep dive into God's invitation for us all. Remember, there's no thought too small, no question too big.